And on this week of A Beer With, we are visited by Rivertown's one and only Scott Rudowitz. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Just out here living the dream with these guys. Another day in paradise. Good dream. Yep. We're glad you're here, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you've listened to episode two, you've heard about Cars and Coffee, the event that Scott has brought to us and navigated the Matrix with Vesta and their rules to get us there. So um, aims to have those quarterly, September and December coming up. But Scott here, we really kind of want to just know more about you as a person, you, your family, your background. So if you don't mind us breaking some new ground there. Yeah, sure. No, I first of all, appreciate again the opportunity to come out and talk. Um, as you guys know, I moved here uh, back in September of 2022, so not been here very long. Um, it, it, my wife and I were trying to figure out what like the next chapter was going to look like. You know, we had looked at, uh, we actually had an offer in a house in Jefferson, Georgia, which is like North Georgia, um, real close to her brother, you know, and we thought that that was going to be the next logical step through a variety of family things that had taken place and um, kind of a, a fun story there. We were able to get out of the contract because we learned that the house was actually um, surrounded by a cemetery. Uh, surrounded. <laughs> surrounded by a cemetery. So the property line, it was a weird, awkward property line. And, um, you know, we couldn't really understand why. And then we started doing research after the offer was in. It wasn't disclosed. And come to find out, it was like a very old, protected piece of property that was this really old, like unmarked cemetery. Great premise for a horror story. Yeah. You know, and they did film Walking Dead, like all over North Georgia. Really? Yeah. So we pulled out of that contract, realized that we didn't want to be in Georgia. Um, we actually were looking in South Carolina. It's cold as well. up there. Yeah. Well, we had family there and we, we were looking for something. Especially in the dead of winter. Wow. Oh, that's right there. Second one. We messed it all up. Uh, Anyone else reminded of that movie from the 80s? Christine? You're a car guy. It's all about the the supernatural there. So you'd have been living it. I I, might have been living it. And so um, we decided that after several visits to North Florida, specifically in St. John's area, schools were great. We we have, you know, six kids. Granted, four of them are adult out of the home. Um, and you know, it was not overpopulated the roads. And I know this is not going to come across as popular belief, but the roads here are built ahead of, from where we move, the, the roads here are ahead of the curve. Um, maybe County road 210 aside, right? The, you mean, you mean roundabouts? No, no, no. I, I actually mean the like quality the, of the road. I mean, quality of the road and the fact that most roads are more than one lane <laughs> on either side, like where I come from, where I moved from St. Cloud, Florida, Osceola County, uh, they don't build roads when they add more houses. They don't build more roads when they add more businesses. They just keep adding more houses and adding more businesses and keep the same infrastructure. It's like a really poorly played game of SimCity. Uh, so <laughs> right now in St. Cloud, I, I highly recommend not moving there. So we were excited to get out. Um, uh, long story short, in terms of how we wound up in Rivertown, we had a really incredible realtor that helped us find our, our place here and um, worked really closely with a former resident that left Rivertown after she sold us the home and then came back to Rivertown from what I was recently told and now building in the settlement. So I guess uh, the six months that I've been here, they missed it and they're, they're coming back now. So, But we're really happy because the house, I think, met everything minus like two things that we were on our wish list to get here. And then, of course, um, you know, we love the neighborhood as well. So 
Um, I have, as I mentioned, I have six, six children. Um, it's a blended family. So five of them were my wife's before we met. And most people would say, let me, let me understand that. So you married somebody that had five children already. And the answer is yes. She wasn't married five times. Uh, She wasn't married five times. Nope. They were all with a a previous marriage. Um, and then we have our sixth one together. So five wasn't enough. Five wasn't well. Or did you, know, you just want to make it even? So, so here's the story. I I was content, right? Like I my, I was married once before, and in my first marriage, we didn't have any children. I didn't think I even wanted children. Of course, now I have six, right? Um, and so she's like, "You have to have one." And I was just like, "No, like we're, you know, we're we're good. Like you know, five's enough. Like we, we." And I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. Like, but in a financial way. Uh, no, not even a financial <laughs> way. Like the kids were just—they I mean, were good. I mean, he has to have a minivan was, for six. Yeah, right? yeah. I've got a fun story about a minivan if you're interested. But um, so she just said, "Hey, let's let's just figure it out." You know, she, we were on birth control at the time. Not both of you, huh? Both of you, or no? She was. Oh. I wasn't. Maybe and, that, uh, that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you should have been on birth control. And so we just said, hey, we're, we're going to put it out to God, see what happens, right? And literally within three weeks, she got a phone call from her mom and said, you're pregnant. And she's like, I'm not pregnant. And sure enough, we went and took a test and she was pregnant. Like it was literally within like a month after we went off birth control. But how did her mom know? I, it was the weirdest thing, right? Like that women's intuition. Mom. She wasn't involved, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> And so now, now we've got Carson. He's he's my youngest of the six, and um, you know. So the, the fun story with the the minivan. So when I when I met Billy Joe, I had re- recently been well, not recently. It had been about a year. I had been divorced, and I went from living a, a very like kind of do whatever I wanted lifestyle. I had no kids. I had no debt. I had no mm. responsibilities. Uh. My paycheck could just go to do anything and everything that I wanted to do, uh. and so I'm was in Orlando at the time and I moved to a, a 55 West in downtown Orlando. If you're familiar with downtown Orlando in this like beautiful high rise, you know, apartment building and lived like the bachelor life you're supposed to live after you go through a divorce. And uh, I, I didn't even think that I wanted to get remarried. And then here I am, you know, 10 plus years later, remarried and six children. Um, but at the time I owned a, two, you know, car nerd here, right? A 2006 Porsche 911. And that was my pride and joy. And, uh, as it should have been. So what color? It was the same color as the Jag that I own. Oh, now. that's a beautiful, so dark, this, deep blue spec. Yeah. Love that. Porsche called it a blue sapphire pearl, I think, or something like blue metallic pearl. And then Jaguar calls it a sapphire pearl. It's almost the same exact color. And, um, and so we started getting serious dating, and I realized that if I was going to be serious and I was going to move from downtown Orlando and, you know, with the kids and everything else, like I needed to be, uh, you know, a little bit more financially responsible. Um, and so I wound up selling the Porsche back to the dealer that I bought it from uh, about three years after I owned it and uh, took that money. And of course, at that point, I was like, I wasn't ready to get a minivan, but it, it, there was an interim car. So my, my you know, girlfriend at the time and I flew up to Atlanta and we bought a three seri- I bought a three series BMW and drove it back from Atlanta. I searched high and low for a certain spec. I've never bought a new car in my life. I've always bought used cars because I feel like if you look hard enough, you can find exactly what you want um, and then save a ton of money in the process. And so we drove this three series BMW down from Georgia and I 
absolutely hated the vehicle. It was the worst car that I ever. And you hadn't even had an oil change yet. No, no. I, I, nope, not at <laughs> all. Then you'll really hate the car. Yeah, I, I, and I do my own maintenance, so I wouldn't have necessarily cared about that. But at the same time, it was the worst car, and it was just underwhelming. I'm a tech guy. I worked at Apple. I work at Microsoft now, and so the inside of the car was just plain Jane, you know. Um, and I just wasn't impressed by the performance. It just was everything that I. It was everything that. Uh, it wasn't anything that I thought it was going to be owning a BMW. And so I think it was probably a matter of maybe six or eight months I had the car. I got rid of it. And when I got rid of it, I actually traded it in on a 2007 Honda Odyssey minivan because I needed to have a minivan. I've got all these kids to tote around now. <laughs> yeah. So I went from a Porsche to a minivan. That's kind of the short version of that story. Um, primary vehicle that I drive today is a 2018 Honda Pilot. So I've upgraded from the Honda Odyssey. Yeah, that's that's a good move when you go from minivan to SUV. SUV. You it's know, a little yeah, bit better. But those cool pilots kind of look like minivans now. They've They've gotten to, yeah. they don't look much like an SUV anymore. Yeah, yeah. well, the newer they're, ones They're do. very rounded. Yeah. That, well, originally, they looked like a, like a shoe. They were square, yeah. and they were horrible. Yeah. yeah. So, but again, we have two big dogs, so we needed something that could hold the dogs. Ne the next upgrade, though, is, is definitely going to be a, a Bronco. Escalade. No, Ford Bronco. That, that was the deal um, that we made. So we'll go from a Pilot to a Ford Bronco at some point in the future. Um, we need to upgrade the wife's car first. She drives a. We're back on Hondas though, a Honda Civic. You can't go wrong with a Honda. We've had uh, well, we've had a lot of cars in our lifetime, but I believe we've had twelve to fourteen Hondas. There you go. So, how many cars have you had in total, Todd? Over fifty. Unbelievable. Nice. So, what do your kids drive? So, my oldest son drives a twenty twenty two. Dodge Ram, or actually it's not Dodge Ram anymore, it's just Ram. A Ram 1500, something or other. It's not squatted, is it? Uh, no. Okay. That's no, a it's Carolina it's, squat, it's right? It's lifted, actually. Okay. Um, what, what would you do if it was squatted? How would that make you feel? I, he's had one. He actually had a Silverado that ran Bulldog for a real long time. So, Bulldog? Yeah. I Going thought it was the, the Black Galeen. <laughs> Second oldest son, uh, was my wife's, formerly my wife's Mini Cooper. So a uh, 2012 Mini Cooper. Kind of a BMW right there. Yeah, yeah. And then um, third oldest son is actually deployed in Japan for the Air Force. So he had a Hilux. Most people probably in the States don't know what a Hilux it's is. So good. Um, I think of it like a, a Toyota. Uh, I was thinking something else. Forerunner. It's like in the States, I think they call them the Forerunners. In, in, it's a, in Japan, it's a badass it's truck. It's um, badass. Unfortunately, um, it had some issue, and now he owns some four-door Japan sedan that I don't even know what the name is. So, um, And then uh, Molly drives a 2016 Toyota Corolla. Um, she's got the nicest first car of any of the kids. Though. A lot of vehicles from Asia. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I mean, reliability. Right up Dan's alley with the 89 Avalon. I do have nothing but Toyotas. Yeah. There's a lot of cars in the driveway, too. There are. There are. There are. One's really nice. And then <laughs> we thank you for visiting. <laughs> <laughs> but the fun car for the weekend is a 2016 Jaguar F-Type. Um, fun story about how I decided Jaguar, because most people, you know, they you think Jaguar and they think, you know, uh, reliability problems and all kinds of headaches. And the reality is it's actually been one of the most reliable cars that I've owned. Um, I've, I've modded it more ways 
then you know most people would think to modify a car. Rattle off a few of those mods. Yeah. New exhaust. Uh, it actually has stock exhaust, but it has uh, downpipes. It has a stage three tune by a company called Velocity AP. It's got underdrive pulley, overdrive pulley between the crank pulley and the supercharger. Um, there's got body body components on it. You know, in in car electronic you know modifications. It's um, it's my pride and joy. And a good friend of mine actually was looking for a vehicle. Um, and he went and bought a 2016 Jaguar F-Type, and it was the Type S, which was the V6 supercharged model, and test drove it. And I happened to be in the market for a car, sporty, fun weekend car. And after I test drove him and realized what you got for the money, the depreciation on them was so high that you could spend a lot less, especially in a used market. You know, I've never owned a new car. And... Um, I worked with a dealer to find the exact spec that I wanted, and it was probably the best buying experience I ever had. I, I am very good about doing product research on vehicles. Um, I knew exactly what I was willing to pay on a car, um, and so I walked into the dealership, talked with the sales guy. He flipped me the keys without ever even taking my driver's license, which was like one of the coolest like welcomes you ever got. He said, go take it for a ride. Tell me what you think. Came back. I knew I wanted the car, and I said, this is the price that I'm willing to pay. I'm not giving you a penny more. And of course, you know, it, it's a dealership. So the dealership. He had to go talk to his manager. Absolutely. And then five minutes later, here comes the sales manager walking over. And I'm like, You got to start the whole story over again. Hey, who are you? Yeah, well, I already told this guy the whole damn story. So what's he here for? And so he pulls up the computer screen and he looks at the price on the screen. And he says, I need you to come up $380 on what your offer was. We'll meet you in the middle. $380 at a dealership is like, taking the first price like that you offered to him and $380 is a drop in a bucket at that point. Right. So of course we shook hands and, and I just waited on, you know, finance to get through, you know, we were, we were going to just buy the car. So it wasn't like a big finance deal. And one of the coolest things about the buying experience is the salesman came over and threw me his phone and said, here, one, and my second oldest son, the one that drives the mini Cooper went with me. And he's like, why don't you guys order yourself dinner? So he pulled up his Grubhub or whatever it was, wow. the DoorDash app, and said, just order from one of those places. And so my son took the phone. I didn't even know about like 35 minutes later, here's this guy walking in with like Japanese hibachi and sushi that he had ordered on this guy's you Very know, cool. uh, DoorDash uh, That's a great app. experience. Yeah. I mean, that's a good car buying experience. White and, glove treatment. And I was getting ready to walk out of the dealership, and they come running out, and they said, Scott, you can't leave with the you car. You forgot your chopsticks. Nope. You can't leave with the car. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't leave with the car? I'm done. I'm ready to go. They're like, it's certified pre-owned. And I'm like, I know. That's part of the deal. That's part of why I'm excited. They're like, yeah, but as part of the certified pre-owned process, we can't let it leave with the tires that are on it. We have to put a brand new set of tires on. Oh, darn. Those aren't cheap. Nope. Nope. So seventeen hundred dollars set of tires later, I was out the door. Um, it took about four hours, where it should have maybe only taken an hour or two. But I my mean, wife loves going to the dealers dealerships with me. She's that that whole you can spend a whole day there negotiating, and then it's like we got to do this, that, and the other, and then it's dark, and we've never gotten the food offer. So that's 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 my, awesome. My wife hates going to the dealer. Oh my my wife just says do whatever now, which is fantastic. Yeah, dealer dealerships don't like me very much. Because I am not the one that's going to sit there and like not have done my research. And yeah. so I, I remember we bought a car one time and walked into a dealership and within five minutes, it was like a relatively new sales agent. The service man or the sales manager had already come over to take over the conversation. And like the whole time it was just like, nope. And I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing, nice guy most of the time. But in, it, well, for whatever reason, the car industry, especially car dealerships, have made it like downright impossible for you to buy a car nice 
you just have to go in there and be a complete asshole. And so that's, that's the mentality that I take on in those situations. And it's very rare that that happens. Most of the time I'm pretty easy going, except when buying a car. Funny enough, I've got well, friends and family have come to me quite often and said, Hey, I'm going to go buy a car. You want to go with me? <laughs> I've actually thought about a company where you act as the middleman. And, and cause I, I frankly enjoy that process a little bit. I kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Asshole. Enjoy it. <laughs> Get off. That's, that was it. I was just, no, Scott didn't want to go down said it. He doesn't enjoy it. We should, God relishes it. We actually should talk after the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. My wife has told me many times that I should go do that. And I've actually met some other people within Rivertown yeah, that kind of yeah. deal with cars. Because people so. hate it. And I'm like, really? You I, could start I a of... Facebook page. <laughs> it's uh, it's I fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, I don't mind it, actually. Yeah, totally enjoy um, it. little putting them in their place. So, you, it, you know, the, the tables have flipped a little bit here with uh, some of the shortages. Mm-hmm. You know, where, you know, now, now your cars are marked up way over MSRP. So, where it used to be the, the buyer had a lot of the control, it's kind of swung the other way. I think it's coming back. But, um, you know, it, it, it is a, some people enjoy it and very few people enjoy the process, but most people by and large hate, hate buying cars. And I just don't think it's, you know, I, I kind of like it. Well, and, and I think people aren't patient enough for it in general, just in life, but patient buying a car. If you walk into a dealership and you tell them what you're willing to pay for a car and then they come back with you with their little grid on the paper and it says yeah. like, this is your monthly payment. Uh, this is what you're down. It, that, that's such, the monthly payment. I, it's such, I, it's such a scam. Yeah. It's such a scam, right? Like they ask the question, like, what do you want to pay for yeah. the car? Well, what do you want your monthly payment to be? Well, I can make your monthly payment be whatever you want and you finance it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I always tell people is you have to be able to get up and walk away and walk out the door. Like, don't just threaten that you're going to walk away from the deal. You literally have to get up and walk out the well, door. Well, you got to get your keys back first. Well, the, yeah. The, be- the, best line, the best line is, we're not making any money on this deal. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> so We're losing money on this. I've heard that. And we're, I would tell you that probably eight times out of ten, the person who gets up and walks away from that table, walks out of the dealership, gets in their car that they came with and drives away, is getting a phone call back from that sales agent to say, hey, I talked with my manager and maybe they didn't come down to the price that you really wanted to be at, but they've given you even more off and it just sucks you right back into the negotiation table. But you have to do your research and you have to be patient and you have to be willing to walk away. You can't let emotion come into it. Like, oh, I really want this car. It's everything that I want. It's got all these really great features. Who gives a shit, right? I go in most of the time planning to leave. Like, I really want this car, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. So here's my numbers. I let them know we can't get there. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm good. Th- friend thanks of for mine. trying. A good friend of mine was just looking at purchasing a vehicle. I actually called and I'm up here. They're back, you know, where we just moved from. I actually called the sales agent on the phone and I said, you're not going to scam my friend. Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, this is the price he's willing to pay for the vehicle. He's like, who are you? Like, why are you calling me? You weren't in here. You're, you're not who I talked to. I said, trust me, they're going to listen to what I have to say. You want to make the deal? Let This is the price they're willing to pay. And I told him, so I call him back, you know, and I say, just get up and leave. They're not going to give you that price right now. Get up and leave. That's the price they need to give you. Your friend was in the showroom when you made the call. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. He got up and left. And um, two days later, he got a phone call from the sales agent. They gave him the price that I told him he should pay. Very good. So I, I, it really just depends on you know how patient you are, right? Some people don't have the patience for it. Some people don't want to deal with it. Some people are like, hey, I'm content with knowing that my monthly payment is something that I can afford, even though over 
you know, eight or nine years that you financed it to get that payment, you're paying however much in interest. And there's a lot of tricks out there too, especially when it comes to financing. So uh, one of them I just learned recently is you can, the bank will actually give a uh, rate to the dealer and then the dealer has the ability to actually add points on top of that rate. And if you don't ask the questions like, well, what was the actual rate directly from the lender, which would totally catch them off guard, but they have the ability, you know, if the, if the rate was supposed to be 5%, they'll say, well, we got you a rate at 5.4. Well, they're going to get four tenths right there. And they don't even, they shouldn't. They're already making money off the car. So now they're getting money on the loan as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's something that we did um, the last couple of cars. So we went to the credit union first and we don't bank with a credit union normally just to see what, what our rate would be based off of whatever the vehicle was we were looking at. So we actually got the rate. And when we went in to negotiate the deal, I just negotiated total price out the door. Like, that's it. I don't want to talk about financing or anything because you just want to get as low as possible on that total purchase price. Like, whatever the financing is, the financing. But then when they came to the financing piece, they threw a rate at me. And I'm like, well, here's the rate that I already have and just had it in my back pocket. And it came in like a point or two lower. And I'm like, I'm like you can match it or I can go there to do the financing. Like, either way. So, you know, then they all, all of a sudden, to your point, then all of a sudden the rate dropped. So I'm like, interesting. You know, sometimes they have better rates if they're yeah. a preferred dealer with a credit. That's true too. Get you yeah. better rate. Yeah. See, this is what happens. Beer with the car guy. We start talking about <laughs> finance right. rates and, and buying cars at a dealership. I didn't realize it was the uh, car dealership uh, podcast. So. Rivertown, we are but, giving but, you information that you can use. That could be a slogan. And evidently Todd and I are starting a side business yeah, right. looking for somebody to help you buy your next vehicle. Yeah. Uh, just let us Todd, know. Don't what, let what's that your side gig get in the way of the podcast capabilities or availability for you. Well, that's already, it's already, begin- my, my time is slim already. Go ahead, Ryan. I was asking what, what their cut is going to be being the middleman. I don't know. 80%? Yeah, probably. Sounds about right. So I think you have, I think you have right? the customers go down and try to negotiate their own deal. And then we go to renegotiate the deal. And then you get half of whatever we save. The savings, yeah. There you go. That's good. Scott, you've been in Rivertown for seven months or so. Roughly, eight, yeah. Eight months, yeah. Uh, how do you like it so far? Uh, this has by far been the best community that, that I've lived in. Um, you know, uh, the residents here are just unlike other neighborhoods that we visited. Um, uh, I, I think everything from just like the curb alert page to the residence page, like, you know, I, I didn't even realize this until I walked in the door today to do the podcast, but we just had moved in and, um, my second oldest son, um, we, we were doing a birthday up here for him. And he is a big Hawaiian shirt guy. He loves to wear Hawaiian shirts. This Chris, will sum up relate. this. This will sum up my experience in Rivertown right now. And so, um, his older brother, my oldest stepson, went out and bought everybody Hawaiian shirts. And they showed up, and we were all going to just walk out wearing Hawaiian shirts, getting ready to go out and, and have dinner with him. And of course, the one that they had got for me was a little bit snug. And I'm like, you know what? I bet you if I put up on the Rivertown residence page, somebody got a Hawaiian shirt that I could borrow. Somebody would do it. And sure enough, somebody messaged and says, hey, come to here. I'll put it on the front porch for you. It'll be waiting for you. I'm like, awesome. This is great. As I'm walking out of my house to go get the Hawaiian shirt, my next door neighbor is standing on his front porch holding up a Hawaiian shirt going, why didn't you ask me? So here's two neighbors, you know, relatively new, given clothes literally off their back <laughs> uh, to a complete stranger. And, uh, so the guy didn't have a shirt on that was across your neighbor? Well, no, he had a oh, shirt. It wasn't off the right off his he, back. He, no, well, <laughs> literally. But so come to find out as I walk in the house today, it was Dan that loaned me the Hawaiian oh. shirt. 
Dan knows about a shirt off his back, don't you, Dan? I do know. Good memory. Uh, and I can promise you that a shirt that fits me is not going to be snug on Scott. <laughs> Thank God for fat guy neighbors. So my son's shirt was actually uh, tied on him, too. So he wound up wearing my neighbor's shirt. I wound up wearing Dan's shirt. We had a great time. But but honestly, like, it's just been... I, I, anytime I see somebody that posts up something that says, like, hey, I'm looking for an oil pan or I'm looking for a, a, a temperature or whatever, if I've got it and I can borrow or loan it out... It's going to be on my front porch um, yeah. and, and, and vice versa, right? Like there have been so many gracious people here and um, I just didn't think that that would be possible. And my realtor that actually helped us find the house here, she had kind of a funny at closing, you know, she kind of gave us all hugs and said, congratulations on the home that you didn't want. Because when we were looking to buy here, we actually had put an offer on another house that fell through. And um, we had looked at so many properties here in Rivertown and it just kind of was like, some of the houses are kind of close to each other and you just didn't have everything that we were looking for. And she's like, Nope, this one house is going to have everything that you want minus a couple of things that I think you'll be okay with. And we told her, no, we didn't even want to go see it. And she's like, it's, it's the second to the last one. She had showed us like 24 properties and across two weekends. And it was the second to the last one that we saw and we walked in and, um, again, back to gracious neighbors, right? The, the, the owner at the time, um, we wrote them a letter because we needed to do a contingent offer on the home. And um, they accepted our offer. And um, they left selling us the house. And I learned recently that they're moving back into the neighborhood. Awesome. Um, so I, I, that that speaks volumes. You know, my daughter um, swims uh, for Bartram. Uh, and so the fact that she does her practices and swim meets right here in the neighborhood is pretty incredible. Uh, you know, my son loves all the different parks in the neighborhood. Um and just, you know, he's got, you know, a ton of friends here, which is really awesome. And just our cold, we, I live in a cul-de-sac, which is like unbelievable. Um, and literally everyone in our cul-de-sac is like got an open door policy. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's super helpful. Uh, a lot of people don't have their shirts on. A lot of people don't have their shirts on, evidently. Damn. So your neighbors who moved out and are now moving back uh, moved because there was no neighborhood podcast. And now they're coming back. Uh, absolutely. That's <laughs> wow. got to be what it is. What community are you in, Scott? Uh, we're over in the Homestead. Okay. Very good. I think it's Homestead 2 because I guess there was a 1 and then there's a 2. So okay. I think we're officially Homestead 2. Yeah. But All right. See numbers on the signs. Well, very good. Well, we are glad that you found it. Glad that you brought cars and coffee to the community. And glad uh, for several of us to meet you here for uh, the first time here for purposes of recording this. It certainly won't be the last time. Appreciate it. Thank All you right. guys so much. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.